Before his son was born, Sanath Kumar Ramesh and his wife Ramya had normal first-time parent jitters. Ramesh, who works for Amazon as a software engineering manager, was so excited to welcome his little boy. He was ready for the challenges and rewards of parenthood. And in August 2018, Raghav was born. Everything was smooth through the pregnancy. And, you know, when he was born, he was so tiny, so precious. Um, I, I remember holding him in my hands and, and thinking that my life has changed. My life has changed because, not because something bad happened, but because I have a purpose now. And the purpose is this baby, right? Um, and we were super happy for the, for the first three or four hours after birth um, until a doctor came to us and said, there is something wrong with Raghav. She didn't quite understand what was going on at that time, um, but she said, there's something wrong with Raghav. He does not look like a typical child. Uh, we believe there is something that's fundamentally going wrong with him to a point where he could have a lifelong illness. And she even went to the extent of saying Raghav might actually have a neurological problem. First of all, I had no idea what what neurological problem meant. Um, we, we thought it's something that you give a you give a you give a pill and get it done with. So um, we spent the next 21 days in the hospital trying to figure out what was wrong with him, um, but we still came back home without an answer. And after we came back home, we were hoping this was just you know the trauma of the birth. This was just something that was one off, and this would go over time. As Ramesh was to learn, Raghav faced bigger struggles than he ever would have imagined. But rather than despair, Ramesh unleashed his problem-solving, engineering nature to tackle the problem, carving a path of hope for his family and for many others confronting similar situations. On this episode of GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast, we're sharing Ramesh's journey to save Raghav and other children facing mysterious, life-threatening, rare diseases. I'm GeekWire reporter Lisa Stifler. GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is sponsored by Primera Blue Cross, providing comprehensive health benefits and tailored services to approximately 2 million people, from individuals to Fortune 100 companies. Learn more about how Primera is innovating in healthcare at primera.com slash innovation. Early photos of Raghav capture a bright-eyed, smiling little baby with long eyelashes and black hair. He's adorable. And during his first year, Sonath and Ramya tried so hard to help their son grow and develop like a typical child. But he just could not do the things that a normal baby could. He needed a feeding tube to eat. When he got his first teeth, an exciting developmental milestone, he bit his tongue and lips. Raghav lacked the motor skills needed to control his movements. Month after month, Ramesh didn't know what was wrong with Raghav. When his son's first birthday came, the family was ready to set aside their difficulties and celebrate at a park in Bellevue, just east of Seattle. It was a beautiful, sunny, northwest summer afternoon. As I was getting ready to cut the cake, I got a call from Raghav's doctor. Uh, and she said, oh, by the way, we found out what's wrong with Raghav. Um, we found out his problem. He has this genetic condition uh, due to a mutation in a gene called uh, GPX4. 
and we were super happy at that point, at that instant, because I was still taking the call. Um, and you know, I asked her, oh, this is awesome. Um, okay, we'll come next week to get medications for him. And she said, hang on. There is no medication for this disease. And in fact, we believe Raghav might be the only kid alive with this condition because all the kids with this disease passed away a few weeks after birth. You know, here I am standing there getting ready to cut the cake. And someone is telling me that my son is lucky to be alive today. And that's the moment that transformed everything about, about, about my life. And, you know, I thought my life was transformed when my son was born. Um, it, it was transformed again um, on his first birthday. And, you know, there are so many milestones that just kept transforming us um, and transforming our, our, our paths forward. It's excruciating to imagine hearing this news, to think of how you would process this new reality. Researchers estimate there are more than 6,000 different rare diseases, including the one that afflicts Raghav. An estimated 263 million people worldwide have unusual conditions, many of which are chronic or fatal, and most affect children. Given their rarities, almost none have treatments available. For Ramesh, this was a call to action. You know, I'm I'm a software engineer by training, and uh, the one thing that I, that is drilled into my head is that I have to solve problems. Um, I get really excited, and it, it it was that point in my life where I was getting really really excited by really hard problems, and I thought the hardest problems to solve were debugging a piece of software. <laughs> and when I was presented with this problem, which is you know my son has a genetic disease, I thought of this as a problem I needed to solve. Um, and so I started, uh, you know, Googling uh, about this disease name um, because it's super long and I couldn't even spell it at that point. Uh, I started Googling about this gene um, and I first needed to know what a gene was in the first place um, because I knew there are things called genes, but I, I don't know where the hell they are in my body. Um, and it took me a, a little bit of searching to, to realize that there is basically nothing about this disease in the literature. The condition that affects Raghav is extremely rare, and it's a mouthful. Sedigatian-type spondylometaphyseal dysplasia. It's so rare that it didn't yet have an acronym, so Ramesh gave it one, SSMD. The condition causes cardiac arrhythmia and skeletal and central nervous system abnormalities. SSMD is the result of a genetic mutation that sends oxygen-free radicals and iron running amok inside of cells, killing them. I spoke with one of Raghav's doctors at Seattle Children's Hospital, Dr. Russ Sinetto. He said that he knows of four other cases in the world, two kids in San Diego, one in Japan, and another child in Belgium who died. But there were other researchers who worked on the gene, GPX4, so Ramesh reached out to them. There was a lot of information about the gene. People were talking about this gene from a cancer perspective. Um, they were talking about this from an aging perspective. There was even a very recent, uh, very new uh, pathway, biological pathway that was invented on top of this gene that people were really excited about. And so I quickly found out all the latest publishers on this topic and, and started reaching out to them and put together a very small team of, of researchers and clinicians that could hopefully work with me. And then I also realized that given the severity of this disease, finding a new treatment is not going to be possible. Because during my search, I realized building new therapies are like eight to 10 years of work. 
and cost billions of dollars from a, a, that a biotech company would invest in. And I don't have the time and I don't have the money. But Ramesh was smart and he was resourceful. And his son needed help now. So given that a breakthrough treatment wasn't right around the corner, he thought about what was, which is a local pharmacy. Ramesh wondered if there were existing medicines that could help Raghav, something off the shelf right now. Working with his son's doctors at Seattle Children's Hospital, they came up with 36 drugs that might be repurposed for Raghav's condition and settled on a cocktail of four. Within a month of learning his son's diagnosis, Ramesh had come up with a treatment which includes vitamin E and other antioxidants. And the doctors were able to successfully petition the FDA to let them use another drug that a pharmaceutical company was developing for a different disease. The approach appears to have helped, stabilizing Raghav's fragile health. But it is not a permanent solution. The more long-term treatment for these conditions are using a technology called gene replacement therapy. Uh, the idea is very straightforward. Uh, my, my son has a mutation in this gene called GPX4, and a mutation is, is in the software terms, bug. Um, there, are, there are several characters uh, that encode this gene, uh, and one of his characters are misspelled. And so the, the gene replacement therapy idea is that you replace the faulty gene with a good one. Sounds straightforward, right? That's, that's exactly how you fix a car. Um, but unfortunately, it is not that straightforward uh, when it comes to building a gene therapy. Um, because there's, there, are, there, there are a lot of processes that you have to follow. It's pretty complex, um, and, and it takes it costs five to seven million dollars to build a treatment for my son. Um, and even when I, I do it for my son, um, it, it still takes a lot more money to do a clinical trial to get the FDA approval um, and, and make the drug available for for the larger population around the world. Um, and so my son's condition has at this point only nine patients worldwide. So it's super ultra rare. And at this scale, we are not going to get a commercial approval from the FDA at all, which is fine. We'll just keep treating the patients under an experimental setting as much as we can. Ramesh is not alone in searching for a therapy for a family member's rare disease. There are numerous foundations created on behalf of loved ones suffering from unusual ailments. The organizations raise what resources they can and try to recruit experts to help them develop gene therapy treatments. It's expensive, and in some ways, the risks could not be higher. You're literally trying to improve or save the life of someone you hold dear. The stakes weighed on Ramesh. When I started with my son's gene therapy, I started asking myself the question, well, I, I can do a lot of work. I can spend 24 hours nonstop working for 365 days. But what if I fail? What if the people that are with me fail? And so I started asking other patients and patient foundations on, on you know, their experience in building gene therapy to learn about their successes, but more importantly, their failures. And what I came to realize is a lot of patient foundations fail and struggle and, and make mistakes and, you know, they have to reset multiple times. They have to raise uh, multiple millions of dollars to be able to get to a treatment. And when that happens, eventually, like 10, 20 years from when they started, their kids are probably not going to be benefiting from it. Either they are too old uh, uh, to participate in trials or they're too sick. And that is not a happy outcome for me. 
And so I really needed to hedge against this risk of, of me failing because of myself. That led Ramesh to employ a very techie idea, open source engineering. That's coming up next. This season of the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast is presented by Primera Blue Cross. At Primera, we talk about what we do all day. We offer access to healthcare. The card in the pocket allows people to go get access to healthcare. Dr. John Espinola is Executive Vice President of Healthcare Services for Primera Blue Cross. The challenge we have is that we know that the healthcare that they get access to doesn't work as well as it could. So we have a duty at Primera to make healthcare work better. That's our job. We give people access to healthcare, yet we give them access to something that's subpar. We have a moral and fiduciary obligation to do better. We're going to do it in partnership with those who may touch the moment of care. Providers, innovators, entrepreneurs, all of these are going to help us move in the direction we need to to make healthcare work better. We're bold enough to take the risk to try to do something that'll make a difference and learn from it and be better along the way. To find out more, visit Primera.com slash innovation. As he was building a team and searching for a cure for his son, Sanath Kumar Ramesh decided that he would bring along others who are on parallel journeys. He is now the founder and CEO of Open Treatments Foundation, a nonprofit that recently launched an open source platform called Open Treatments. The platform is a playbook and collection of resources for foundations and people who are also on the quest for rare disease treatments. There are four rare diseases currently running as pilot projects on Open Treatments, including the one afflicting Ragoff. Ramesh and a team of volunteers built the platform through a collaboration called Rare Camp. I ended up identifying a mechanism where I can help not only my son's gene therapy, but also help a lot of other families. And, and just being a software developer obsessed with scale, which is what we do um, at work, I wanted to not help one or two families. I wanted to be able to help hundreds or thousands of families. And, and even, even in, in, to some degree, I feel like eventually we should be able to have 10,000 or millions of patients that are driving research. And that's, that's the North Star of Open Treatments. But that's where I, I, I stumbled upon thinking about building a software platform in addition to the people that will help patient foundations. So we have, through Open Treatments, we are building this software platform that provides a very clear roadmap to patient foundations to build their treatments. Um, we give them, um, we connect them with the right people necessary for them to advance their programs forward. And we connect them with the right infrastructure, the scientific infrastructure necessary for them to advance the research uh, activities. Um, and, and hopefully eventually through these three pillars, we should also be able to attract funding to help the patient foundations move forward. And so this is how Open Treatments was born out of me hedging my own risk. Work is underway to help Ragoff. Ramesh has assembled a team of experts from universities around the world. They're studying the GPX4 gene and the biology of SSMD. They're pushing toward that ultimate goal of creating a gene therapy, but it could take three years or more to get there. In the meantime, Ramesh's wife, Ramya, keeps working to raise money for the effort. So far, they've raised about $5 million. They're also working with Ragoff's doctors to get FDA permission to use a second experimental drug. Part of the idea of open treatments is that each foundation does its own fundraising and pursues the genetic and disease research for each unique rare disease. 
Then, when they get to the drug development phase, a team that's shared through open treatments can help them navigate that process, which is less disease-specific. That's where some of that scalability comes into play. And Ramesh's work on open treatments and rare diseases made him think about the healthcare and pharmaceutical industries in a much bigger way. He is upset and frustrated by a system that ignores sick and suffering people if there's not enough money to be made treating them. That's one of the reasons that Bill Gates became involved with vaccines through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. There were so many diseases hammering low-income countries, but pharmaceutical companies didn't have an incentive to treat them. There wasn't enough money to be made. Ramesh sees parallels in the world of rare diseases. He wants to untangle the knotted-up web of drug development so that it can work more effectively, so that it won't leave the Raghavs behind. It's a web of things, and, and over time it has evolved to add more layers of complexity into the web, and now it's like a hairball. Previously, it was a beautiful web and a simple web that had a, had, a, had a purpose, right? Now, you have to just keep looking back in time and seeing a, a time where the web was simple and say, why was this web created this way? And what added complexities into the web? Now, the question is now you have to untangle this mess of hairball and, and make it a beautiful web, right? How do you do that? There are many ways of doing it. Um, and, and typically, it's by governing the flow of money. So if you govern the flow of money in the right direction, and if you push enough money into it, the web will sort of reconfigure into, into a new state. So that's, the, that's sort of the theoretical way of thinking, right? Um, the, the more practical way to say is, we do not have a lot of therapies today in the market because the regulators haven't approved a lot of therapies. The regulators haven't approved because the biotech is not producing a lot. The biotech is not producing a lot because academia is not producing a lot of preclinical data. Academia is not producing because they are not incentivized to do it. And they're not incentivized because NIH is not incentivized who is now going back to the regulators. Now, how do we solve this is by putting a lot more people into building therapies. So imagine rather than having 10 patient foundations or 100 patient foundations today driving research, if there were millions of people driving research, how big the output would be. Now, at that scale of, of you know, preclinical research and, and research output, how many therapies will we, will we enter the market? Do we have enough VC funds to even fund some of these, many of these companies that would be born? At that scale, do we have manufacturing capacities to actually satisfy this? Do we have regulatory frameworks to satisfy this, right? And so if you, if you kind of walk back the tree, the, the starting point is actually getting more people to build more therapies and everything else will fall in place. And that is what I'm trying to do with, by decentralizing drug development. And the lever that Ramesh has to pull is open treatments. With open treatments, tactically today, I am able to support foundations that have established a foundation, that have a scientific board, that have made some progress already, that have raised some funds. They know what they're doing. And I'm not able to help people that just have gotten their diagnosis that don't really know what they're doing at this point. It takes a lot of emotional transformations for you to be able to work on um, something like this for your own personal good. And, and the transformation is, is primarily the acceptance of risk, is the acceptance that we will fail. We'll fail miserably. It might not be in time for our kids. It takes a lot of grit and determination to be able to do this. Some parents have that acceptance and they, they get the acceptance right away. Some parents don't. And, and I, I try and talk to as many people as I can. And, and for folks that have 
decided to work on starting a foundation and others. I have collaborated with the Orphan Disease Center at, at University of Pennsylvania, and, and they are providing exceptional support for families to get started in this journey. And so, you know, many of them are working with the ODC there on their Jumpstart program to, to get this started, to get their foundation started. And in other cases, my story has generally provided hope to a lot of people that, that there is something else that you can do besides, you know, um, struggling. Um, and so I continue to share my story precisely because of that. So other people can, can be more hopeful and feel less emotional and, and be driven to action. Sanath Kumar Ramesh is a doting father to Raghav, who turns three this summer, as well as founder and CEO of Open Treatments and a software engineering manager at Amazon. I'm GeekWire reporter Lisa Stifler. Read my story at geekwire.com slash healthtech for more information, links to open treatments, and photos of Ramesh and his very handsome son, Raghav. Thank you for listening to the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast app, or tell a friend or a colleague about the show. See more episodes at geekwire.com slash healthtech, and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Thanks to our sponsor of Health Tech Season 5, Primera Blue Cross. You can find out more about their work at primera.com slash innovation. To see all of GeekWire's coverage of science, tech, business, and more, go to geekwire.com. We'll be back soon with a new episode of GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast.